shots from the prophets, and I've uh, been in, the, in Hosea. Let's go to Hosea chapter 5. Hosea chapter 5. Hosea chapter 5. And let's go to... Let's go to uh, verse 12. Hosea 5.12, it says, Therefore will I be unto Ephraim as a moth, and to the house of Judah as rottenness. When Ephraim saw his sickness, and Judah saw his wound, then, when Ephraim, uh, then went um, Ephraim uh, to, the, to the Assyrian, and sent to king Jareb. Yet could not, uh, he could not heal you, nor cure, cure you from your wound. For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion, and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away, and none shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place, till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face in their affliction. They will seek me early." Lord, I uh, pray that we would just uh, be challenged by the truths of your judgment and pursuit and, and caring enough um, to give warnings, caring enough to, uh, to um, work in such a way that it will get our attention, and even to give us these words that you've given to others in the past, uh, Lord, that just uh, showed how sobering a situation uh, can be if we are not um, looking to you in our life, if we're not um, focusing on our walk with you as the most important thing of all. And uh, Lord, I, I thank you for what you're going to show us here and I praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. When it says there, I will go and return to my place. And we know that God's omnipresent, but there is an aspect of God's presence with us in fellowship. And I think as, as those who have walked with God would want to walk with God, those who have a relationship with God, we need to come to, to the place in our life where we see that the greatest um, thing that could ever happen to us in a negative sense would be that we be distanced from the Lord that the most terrible thing that we could ever experience is for God's, as it were, his close presence um, to, to not be a reality. And it's almost like he's saying to them, you know, uh, okay, I, I, I'm not going to hassle you about it anymore. I'm not going to give you a hard time. I'm just going gonna, gonna, gonna to withdraw myself all right, you go ahead and do what you're going to do anyways. And when you're ready to, to do business with me, you know, I'll be here for you. All right. And so he, he says, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. And so it isn't like God is saying, you know, I'm done with you. You're drawing that sort of a line. But he is saying, all right, you know, basically I've told you what I've had to say. I've given you truth. I've tried to get your attention. I've given you object lessons. I've, 
I've sought to bring conviction to your heart. And you haven't responded to any of that. So maybe, you know, maybe this is just going to have to play out that you, you, you get to a place where you see the necessity of calling out to me again. And, uh, well, that's, a, if you think of it, that is a very sobering place to be. Um, we know that, you know, one place in the New Testament, it talks about turning somebody over. I always thought, man, this, is, this sounds so extreme, but turning somebody over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. What does that look like? <laughs> well, whatever it looks like, you know, it's not something that we would, as Christians, want to have any part of, right? Uh, as, you know, I, I, I would much rather have a loving God and Savior be the one that's working on me for him to kind of just withdraw himself and say, okay, you know, uh, go to whatever, you know, silliness you're intent on doing. And then when you, when you reach the end of that, because, you know, paths always have destinations, don't they? Exit ramps always go somewhere, right? Roads are designed to lead somewhere. And so whatever road you're choosing that's not the road that, 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 that I would have chosen for you and that I've tried to direct you towards, all right, when you see where that heads and you maybe start to taste the implications of that, and like, you know, the prodigal son there, you come to the end of yourself, then, you know, seek me once again. And um, that's, that's, a, that's the message that is given there. Um, and if you look back at, uh, you know, verse 12, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It says, therefore will I be unto Ephraim as a moth. And then down it says, uh, verse 14, I will be unto Ephraim as a lion. You say, well, I mean, I don't really see the comparison there. <laughs> um, well, I'll be unto Ephraim as a moth and to the house of Judah as rottenness. And it reminded me of the, the passage in the New Testament where it says, where moth and rust doth corrupt. And those are things that just kind of happen, you know, little by little, almost in an uh, imperceptible way. Right? The moth in the closet there, uh, uh, eating away. Um, or the, uh, and the rust I don't know, in Maine the rust seems to come a little quicker than some places but it's still a little sneak up on you, right? you got this relatively new vehicle I always say relatively new because I've never owned a new vehicle but new to me vehicle, you know and uh, you drive it and you go and you go and you go and then all of a sudden, you know you, I mean, you start to bubble up a little bit you're not that concerned about it and then you get in there and the, and the guy who's inspecting it says you know, I mean, I could poke up my screwdriver right through them frame on that thing you know the rocker panels a shot on that well how much is that going to be i forget it. i don't even want to ask right um and uh so it's a lot better if you do what needs to be done you know to to protect i guess before it gets to that point if you can't um <laughs> like move to south carolina or something no don't do that we we got enough people going south um but uh uh anyways um so uh, so th there's that aspect of it, and, and when we're not, when we're, when we're distancing ourselves from the Lord, you know, God says, I mean, I'll be unto you like a, like a moth or like a, 
like a rottenness. It's just something that happens incrementally. And, and sometimes we think of, you know, judgment of sin as being like this boom thing. But sometimes it's just like, you know, when we disregard what God is trying to tell us and we, we get into a certain place, it's just, it's almost like built in. There's built in judgment to that, if you want to use that terminology. And uh, there's built in consequences that are designed ultimately for us to take notice and say, you know, I can't, this is not good. I need to get out of, I need to, to, get, to get this taken care of. It's the same for all of us. And it's the same for God's people uh, back then. And you know, when you're, doing, when you're doing snapshots from the prophets, I mean, you know what kind of message it's going to be a lot of times, right? <laughs> it's going to be the prophets were all about representing God to try to get the, you know, those people, those stubborn, rebellious people that are just like us, that kept on going, you know, even though they had the inside track of having a relationship with God, they still kept on trying to do their own thing. Um, and so, and then it says, uh, uh, um, when Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, they went, um, Ephraim to a, to, a, to a Syrian sent to King Jareb, yet could not uh, he could not heal you nor cure, cure you from your wound, and uh, and so you know sometimes we go to the wrong sources for help. You know when those things start to happen, you know instead of turning to God for the, for for the for remedy like we talked about last week to get back into the right place, you know we try to find from um, um, you know pop. Uh, uh, psychology or, um, you know, uh, maybe some friend circle that doesn't really have any regard for God's word. I don't know. You know, we go to all kinds of places to try to find the remedies. He says, you know, other times uh, I will be unto Ephraim as a lion. Now, a lion is a lot different than a moth, right? The moth does its damage, but it's just little by little incrementally. The lion... That'll roar, you know. Um, that'll really get our attention. When we were uh, when we were there in Zambia, we went on this little uh, you know safari thing, and a lot of the animals they were just running around in the in the wild there. Um, the lions they had them on the other side of a fence, you know. And we got out and uh, and I thought, man, one of those bad boys sneaking up on me. And when that thing got up on us, all on us you know, hind legs, taller than I am. And uh, one of the guys, he's got a real kick out of trying to get it to roar, and it did roar. Uh, it, it roared. It roared. And uh, some of the people that were upset at him roared at him too, but um, they didn't want to mess with the, with the animals. But <laughs> So anyways, I'm, I'm thinking about the lion. I mean, the lion, that's a lot different than, you know, a moth. And sometimes... You know, God uses, it's, he's like a lion in our life, and, and he uses that, that, hey, boom, you know, something happens, it's kind of big, and it's like, a, it's like a roar all of a sudden, out of the, out of the tall grass, and, and it gets our attention, and we need that, right? Um, and, uh, and so, um, it says, I, even I, will tear and go away, I will take away, and none shall rescue him, and that's the idea that, that, uh, you know, sometimes we go way further down a path than, than we ever thought we would, and uh, we get into a real bad spot. And that's where God says, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face and their affliction. They will seek me um, early. And a lot of times, like, you know, we won't really have much regard for what God's trying to tell us. And I, look, it's, it's just human, it's human, it's a human heart. 
like I said, we're all in the same boat. We're all the same this way. Uh, we all have a propensity to, to this. And that's why God gives us his word, to, to help us, uh, to, to think these things through. Human nature is, okay, so you get now some of the things, you know, some of what we have sown is being reaped, right? And now it's like, oh, we're seeing the need to, to get help from the Lord. Now, you know, the Lord isn't like us where we're like, hey, look, you know, I tried to tell you, you ignore me, so you're on your own here, all right? God is saying that's the whole point of it is, look, when, when, you, when you get to that place, <laughs> you know, in your, uh, in your affliction, you'll seek me then, you'll seek me early. And uh, he could be, you know, being full-fledged sarcastic about it, but, uh, you know, he does say there, um, until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. And in their affliction, they will seek me early. And I think God has shown that he generally is very you know, long-suffering and desires for you know, all these things to be turned to good ultimately. Um, it's kind of like you know, if you read the prodigal son, not the prodigal son, the pilgrim's progress, pilgrim's progress, right? Where he gets off the, he gets off the road. You ever read that? He gets off the trail, you know? And then he gets into the slew of despond and he gets in all kinds of crazy spots. And then finally he has to be led back to that, to that place where he can get back on the, the, the trail. And then he's kind of wondering, what did I miss, you know, along the way there if I just stayed on the, the right trail? But I'm on it now, right? And I'm going to keep going um, from here. And uh, last week we looked at Hosea 4, 6 where it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then I didn't really emphasize this a whole lot, but it says, because thou hast rejected knowledge. So they were, it wasn't because they didn't have access to any knowledge. All right? It's because they, they rejected the, 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 the knowledge that they, that they could have, that they did have access to. So it wasn't, it wasn't he's saying, you know, you're destroyed for lack of knowledge because... Um, you know, you were, you were, uh, you're getting the, 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 the results of never having an opportunity to, 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 to know. No, they, they had the opportunity to know, but they rejected it. They rejected it. Uh, when it comes to acquiring knowledge, there's a number of, of, of steps. You know, one is sometimes people talk about, uh, um, you know, it's just someone being smart, having aptitude. Um, but even if you have aptitude, you still have to access. You have to access the knowledge, don't you? You have to go to the right place, and you, and you have to access it. Okay? Um, I, I, I thought it was funny. My wife said that Maggie, was, she flew down to Florida. Uh, a lot of people are going to, to, to Florida and south right now, so that's why I was joking about it. But uh, the Pratts are having a family vacation down there, and Maggie was flying. And I guess there's one book from the Institute, it's a pretty big book, and she was carrying that with her on, uh, for her carry-on, this big old book, all right, and uh, my wife said, you know, that's why Maggie's so, so smart. Um, well, you know, she's not smart just for carrying that book, right, but I don't know what my wife meant is she takes that along the way and she, she studies that thing, right, now does she have some aptitude? Yeah, I believe she does. Um, but she, she also, along with her aptitude, she accesses. 
She accesses. She doesn't reject, you know, the opportunities that, that she has there. And, uh, and then um, there's the desire or the application. Because you can have the aptitude and you can have access, but maybe you don't really apply yourself to it, right? Um, and then, and then uh, along with that is the attitude. Because they had rejected the, the, all of those steps. They, they had the aptitude. They had access, but it really the breakdown was in their, their applying themselves and, um, and having the right attitude towards God, having the right attitude. Um, you know what distinguished Daniel from all those other so-called wise men? Because they were, they were all super intelligent guys that had accessed a lot of knowledge. All right. What distinguished Daniel? Well, it talks about all the education, all the ta- how talented all these. They, they, you know, they, when they had raided, the, you know, down there, they had taken the cream of the crop, you know, the, 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 the brightest and best. And, um, well, what distinguished Daniel, if you look in Daniel chapter 6, it says Daniel had an excellent spirit. In other words, not only did he have the aptitude and the access, but he had the right attitude. He had the right attitude. Uh, to, to, to go along with that. Um, and so what are we looking for in 2024, you know? Well, just a renewed purpose to have the right attitude towards the Lord and to have a passion for his way and for the greatest dread that we would have is that anything would draw us away from our, our closeness with him and our tender heart uh, towards him. Uh, speaking of judgment, all the kings... And uh, there were, you know, it's, you're hard-pressed, of the Institute people would know this, you're hard-pressed to come up with very, very many righteous kings, right? Uh, was it one of the kingdoms didn't have any. Was it, was it Israel? Israel didn't have any, and Judah only had a couple, right? One was Josiah. What does it say especially about Josiah? He had a tender heart, and God praised him uh, for that. Teachable spirit. Um, had the same opportunity and access that all the rest of them had, Right? So, God's good, and snapshot from the judges, you know we're going to get smacked a little bit when it comes to the judges, right? But it's also encouraging, um, and uh, as we see God's heart towards uh, getting us to and keeping us in, in, the, in the right place. Let's pray.